0: Welcome back welcome welcome to the homesteads and homeschools podcast I am your host the Liberty hippie here with you for another week uh I hope you're ready I hope you're ready to to get into it today because we're gonna get into it but before we do uh before we do head over to homesteads and slash zero six three for today's show notes there's gonna be lots of links over there uh, things that you can can do with your kids while you're your home and it should be should be fun head over to uh, homesteads and homeschools.com slash amazon help the show out uh, there's an affiliate link over there you click through buy all the stuff you're gonna buy on Amazon you don't even know you don't even know that I got a little kickback unless I tell you and uh, you know it's not much it's not much um, but it helps it helps uh, offset the costs of of doing this thing so when you're going on to amazon to buy your your paper towels and your toilet paper um, click through, click through the affiliate link and help me out a little bit there. You can also help out by uh, hitting the subscribe button uh, on your, your podcatcher. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can just go ahead and share it on social media. That's always a, a great way to, to spread the love, spread it, spread it around, spread that, not the couve. But uh, anyway, today's guest, uh, i sure some of you are, are familiar. You've probably heard the program before, mathbot.com. And uh, we're going to be talking about that today. So well, let's get into it. Let's go sow those liberty seeds with my guest, Mr. J.W. Weatherman. Sniffing
1: triangles are my favorite shape Three points where two lines meet Toe to toe, back to back. let's go My love it's very late Till morning comes
0: mm-hmm. Let's desolate My guest today is... Uh, So he's been on my radar for a little while. I've I've heard of him a few times and you may have as well. Uh, He's created a a website called mathbot.com and uh, he's here today. Mr. Mr. JW. Thank you for uh, coming on, taking your time out and uh, talking to us about your, your story, what you got going on. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. No problem, man. So, um, Mathbot's a little, seems like, you know, it's educational. So uh, what was, what was your education like?
1: Yeah, I did. uh, I did some private school, mostly public school. um, And then uh, went on to uh, university and then taught uh, at university uh, a little earlier in my career. Okay, Um, So I've definitely, uh, definitely had a lot of the traditional thing and been, been a big part of it. Um, You know, Teaching, teaching uh, business and economics at at a fairly expensive uh, private university um, before uh,
0: before I realized just
1: what a waste of time it all is.
0: So, um, how did that uh, how did that go? I guess when when did you kind of figure that? I imagine if you were you're teaching at a college, you you uh, appreciated the structure of the public school system, the, the current, uh, education system that we, we have, or we always kind of skeptical of it or,
1: you know, I, I, uh, I was in high school. I was one of the kids that really enjoyed stuff like math. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't really like, if I, if I break it down by subject, like I didn't realize that the history that I was being taught was complete garbage, um, for quite a while. Um, I really liked math like I liked it enough to where that to where it was fun for me even though it was being taught really really terribly um, because I could you know I'm like one of the I don't know 5% of kids that gets given all this really annoying work but I can still see through that to the other side and see how it fits together so it wasn't a terrible experience for me um, and then when I was teaching at uh, the university level it was just it was an awesome experience for me because I had uh, like I was newly married I got to live on campus um it was real cheap it was you know beautiful you know cherry trees blossoming and all that sort of stuff um and I didn't have to work terribly hard and all of the uh you know all the young adults were impressed with me because I was a relatively young professor um so not a lot to complain about um it was it was years later when I started I think just getting smarter and older Um, And putting things together, that um, that I realized just you know that that I'd kind of been part of something that I'm not really proud of anymore, Um, and uh, you know I I think I think a lot of it was learning history um, and seeing all the stuff that I'd been spoon fed, but really the kind of red pill was economics. Like once you once you grasp economics, it's hard not to uh, not to see most of what happened as indoctrination into a system that is really just, uh, you know, thinly veiled slavery.
0: Yeah. When did you, when did you start learning the economics? You said you were an economics professor.
1: Yeah. So that the the business and economic stuff was mostly traditional, you know, Keynesian economics garbage. Uh,
0: And what, what, uh, spurred you to look beyond that
1: uh, actually, I read a Ron Paul book, um, and I I didn't like the Ron Paul book. I, this was, <laughs> this was, I don't know, twelve fifteen years ago, something like that. Um, but he made a reference to uh, Ludwig von Mises in the back, um, like you know, on the last page or something like that. And I, I I was completely sure that he was full of garbage after reading his book. But then I went and I picked up a copy of Human Action, and uh, that was just. Uh, really uh kind of mind-blowing experience for me reading that because it's very systematic you can't really disagree with the guy right like he he builds arguments up layer by layer um and it's it's very well thought out and well articulated so um yeah that was that was basically it i mean i i think uh a lot of people end up working their way up to that like when i when i got done with that book it was a whole different world for me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um so did you, were you able to kind of convey some of those messages, some of those um, principles to, to your students? Or was it like a, once you kind of read that you're like, all right, I'm 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 out. See you later.
1: You know, I had actually already left, uh, like the university life and moved on to, uh, working at software companies. Um, so a company like Google and uh, places like that. And I think I think it was roughly the time where I started branching out and doing my own startups um, was about the time that I read that. So I, I already had kind of an entrepreneurial bent uh, in, in my career path. But. All
0: right. All right. Fine. fine. <laughs> so did, did you uh, – when you – was there anything that like – I guess what pushed you out of the the university world? Was there like a, a moment or was it just kind of you wanted you – were drawn to that entrepreneurial stuff, and it just felt like the time was nigh.
1: Well, I think I think a lot of people end up leaving that. Like, there, like as I look back over my career, I think I just kind of got promoted out of stuff that was stupid before I realized how stupid it was. So when I left teaching at university, it was just because there was better opportunities. Right? People were willing to pay me more money, and uh, uh, you know, it was more fun to go work for a uh, a software company than it was to work for a university but looking back on it i think what happened is um that uh, it's, it's something that happens a lot and that is you know you, you just have a brain drain from uh poor quality low performing low value sort of places and that talent gets sucked over to places that are, that are delivering more. Um, So all of the, you know, all the people that I know that have been teaching at university for 20 plus years are idiots. I I wouldn't hire them. I wouldn't have anything to do with them at the time. I didn't know that though, you know, I was fairly young and it takes a while to figure out how things all fall together. Um, The world's really shiny when you first start out, but yeah. (laughs) um, But yeah, so I I think that, I think looking back on it, you know, there they're, University education wasn't always this low quality, but it was probably never very high quality. Um, you know, textbooks are you know not the places to get information, uh, and uh, you know the brightest people I think have always probably gotten pulled off into industry. Um, but it has certainly accelerated over the last twenty years to the point where if anybody sends their kid to college now, like I, I really believe that in ten years. The fact that you went to college, you know, in 2020, um, whether you took on debt or not, but certainly if you took on debt, um, is going to be just seen as like, wow, you, you weren't that bright. Uh, you know, we, we we may still hire you, even though you started that uh, university education in in 2020, but but it's not going to be seen as something that counts in your favor when you're when you're applying for a competitive
0: job. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to that. I think you know seeing how education has gone and you know, seeing the entrepreneurs that are are coming out, people that are coming out and going, you know, learning a, a trade almost and, and getting into it. And even now with with this coronavirus thing, I think we're we're gonna see a big change in how how industry operates and what people expect and what people um I don't know are, are willing to to accept as as uh acceptable <laughs> you know but like that that uh it, it's okay not to have a college degree because what what does that actually mean anymore um you know i think we're being exposed to some of those ideas but
1: uh yeah it, it's only a couple of years ago i think that facebook and google finally dropped their requirement for uh and they were one of the last holdouts because they could be um cuz they you know they just were making so much money that they could they could basically say if you don't have a college degree don't apply um, they always made exceptions you know they'd still take in at a high school if you're real bright but it was it was um, it was a way to kind of eliminate just a lot of applicants um, but uh, but they even dropped that uh, a few years ago. Um, so if you want to get you know the highest paying job as a software developer, you can apply for those jobs and get those jobs now um, in the last holdouts, though it's even without a university degree so i think I think the the jig is up. Um, people kind of know it's garbage but it'll still take a little bit longer but you know it is something that like once you're looking back on it in hindsight it will seem really obvious
0: yeah yeah i think so i think uh, you know for a lot of these things that um i don't say they're not specialized right but like uh like your your software engineering and stuff like that you know your your lawyers and your doctors that might have something but i could see that being more of a apprenticeship trade specific type thing you know you don't have to go through 4 years of your your undergrad trying to uh you know learn about african cuisine if you're going to go work on somebody's brain uh, but so and those are the those are the last holdouts and the only reason
1: that if somebody said i want to be a doctor uh you know that university might be an option is because the government requires you to do it right it's a license i don't think any of us would choose a um, you know a Somebody with 12 years of experience that's uh, that's actually been uh, working with people and doing the work in an apprenticeship environment, we we would choose that person over somebody that has a you know a doctorate and maybe a year uh, working in a hospital any day. So if you pick a career path where the only uh, the only reason it's high paying and you know you have to get a certain set of education is because the government enforces it, you're you're it's probably not going to hold up over the next 30 years there's too many other things that are going to chew into that. And you can't keep people from like me from building software that makes you irrelevant, even if you have the government preventing people from competing, you know, directly for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn to, to do some of that programming, to do some of that coding? Was that something you learned like in college or? No,
1: I didn't, I didn't learn it in college. Um, it's something that I picked up on the job. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I've been doing this for for a while now. Um, so if it's probably not how I would recommend going about it, but um, but I had some some I had enough of a skill set to where some of the big tech companies uh were willing to hire me. Um and then once I was there and I was you know solving other problems, they basically just paid me to learn how to code. Um and uh I mean now it's actually easier. Um uh, I think now you could, you could take six months or maybe a year if you're a little on the slow side. Um, And if you just use the free online resources, like at that time when I was learning to code, I, I, I basically had like a college professor that, um, that we would go in, you know, it was like, uh, like you're, you're on the job, but then you've got like three hours, like Tuesday and Thursday or something to go in for lectures and then you have a bunch of uh, homework, sort of thing. So it was kind of like a university kind of experience inside, um, inside Google. Um, but now I would say that's not the ideal way to do it because you don't you don't need that. The resources that are available for free online are just as good, if not better, than than what I got access to. Um, and uh, you could do that, and then immediately you know get a job uh, with that skill set.
0: I somebody else that that kind of. They didn't do it quite that way, but it was i think they might have i don't know they did basically the same thing where it was like you know learning they learned to do a specific skill on the job and it was whether it was coding or or engineering type stuff, but it was all that that computer related thing and was was that how long ago was that ballpark I was just curious and t- like ballpark twenty years ago okay so. is it and now is is the does the scene still kind of look like that, or was that kind of because of the time at which it was and things were developing and yeah, there's a yeah
1: it it's a little bit different now. I think back then companies were doing a lot more uh training inside the company um but but I don't think they were doing it as well as the stuff that's available now, so like now you have things like stack exchange, like any programming question that you can run into somebody has asked and answered it and it's free and it's available online 20 years ago that wasn't the case uh, at all and uh, so you really kind of had to have more of a direct kind of mentorship experience which made it slower it, it wasn't necessarily better um so i'd say now it's a lot easier and because of that companies are um expecting people to show up you know, with the skill set, although I'm sure there's still exceptions. I'm sure there's still people that get hired to, you know, do job A and then, and then get encouraged to develop this, the skills. One of the things that I tell people a lot is that, especially early in your career, uh, if they're only expecting you to work, you know, 40 hours, work 47 hours and spend that extra seven hours just developing your skill set. And if you take that approach instead of college and you maintain that for a few years, you're going to be way, way ahead of, of, uh, of any of your competition uh, it's, it's a lot easier to do that in context of of a job um, where you can you know you can pick things that are actually in demand on the job that people would pay you to do and develop those skills
0: so some of the free resources out there one of them is uh is your your math bot right um so that is i've, I've played with it for a while it's uh i don't know how 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 long can you go how far can you go with with math bot so right now we have up to
1: uh, exponents and roots. So you, you basically the, the way that the game works is you program a robot to solve math problems. So you're learning programming, you're learning some pretty complicated uh, concepts like recursive programming um, or recursion. And that's where like a program calls itself in a loop until a certain circumstance. So that's something that, you know, developers usually struggle with picking up those concepts. They're They're a little bit hard. They're not... They're not as simple as just like reading top to bottom down the page. Um, so kids are picking that stuff up and they're going all the way through teaching the robot to, you know, solve the square root of nine or, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, yeah uh, I don't know, cube number, cube two, um, stuff like that. Um, and we're going further. So I, I would say within the next month or so, um, we should have two digit. So you'll, you'll be, you know, working with two digit numbers. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty simple, and it's pretty easy, but uh, there's not a lot beyond like exponents and roots that you really, I think most kids need to learn um, in, in math. I think at that point, you, you probably should be doing a lot more programming than math. Like, you know, advanced calculus and other things are definitely helpful. Um, and w- we plan to build up through calculus um, over time as we get it, you know, get the user experience really dialed in for kids. But... Um, but really by the time you get the concept of, you know, exponents, you're, you're, you're pretty solid. Um, if you really intuitively understand it, right? Like most people graduate high school or even college and still don't have an intuitive grasp of it. But if you've really got that stuff, you're, you're, you know, the top 10%, I would say. Yeah.
0: So, um, when you, when it, I guess, what age would you start kids at or when, when would you kind of introduce kids to, to this program?
1: Yeah, I would say it. It depends on it depends on the kid, but probably like from five to seven, I would say is probably about the right range. Um, and uh, the the nice thing about it is that you can just introduce them to it, and they can play with it. And if they like it, they'll continue to pass levels until they get to the point where their their brain development kind of limits them. Right, um, and then you can just bring them back to it in a month or two, yeah, and, and check in. Um, because unlike, you know, most teachers, we're not trying to take credit for brain development. Uh, their, their brains are going to grow if you just don't torture them and make them hate math, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, so let them play when it's fun and, you know, reward them, uh, give them an ice cream or something when they, uh, when they conquer a planet and, you know, learn a difficult concept. Um, and, uh, you know, re it periodically if, if they do get stuck. But other than that, uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off.
0: Yeah, it's uh I, I enjoyed it. It was a little, little tedious in the beginning because I, I can do like, you know, a little little yeah. simple addition and stuff. But uh yeah, it was right. You can count. Yeah, yeah. Um so what kind of what what spurred you on to uh to develop MathBot? Uh
1: really just teaching my own kids math. Um I've got uh got half a dozen little buggers um that uh that have needed to learn math over the years. Um my oldest son who's done a lot of the programming for MathBot, um learned how learned math and learned programming because I was able to hire a guy uh at Google to tutor him. <laughs> uh and that was great, but uh but it was a little pricey. Uh it, it wasn't in the context of like private schools. It was probably, you know, 600 bucks a month or something, you know, really cheap. Um but uh but as as we did that we kind of figured out some things that we wanted uh we wanted kids to learn uh, as far as programming concepts and math. And we we started just putting that into an application as we figured it out, um, and uh, you know, like for him, one of the things that we did is we went through Euclid's Elements, uh, you know, just the two thousand plus year old book uh, that pretty much everybody learned math on until uh, until the government uh, decided to destroy mathematics, you know, uh, a few decades ago. Um And that was cool, but uh but it was a little nicer to have it, a, a little slicker user experience, a little bit more automated. And I wanted to emphasize programming more with the younger kids. So that's really how I ended up with MathBot. Is just just really just working on my own curriculum over the last decade plus.
0: Okay, so I was, was going to say, how, ask how how old it is? I guess over a decade. How long has it been uh, been live for?
1: Uh It's really only been kind of in its current form for maybe three years, something like that. And uh, it's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Um, I would say five years ago, it wasn't really software. It was mostly uh, physical objects that I was using with the kids, um, uh, poker chips and things like that. Um, And uh, yeah, it was only in the last few years that we realized that I was doing programming and I was doing math separately. Um, But by combining them together, a lot of the stuff that's really tedious about, about math, you know, you can, you can program a robot to do the automated stuff. Um, so you really get, you know, you get a much bigger bang for your buck if you do both at the same time. So that's really been in the last three or four years that we've been kind of focused on that approach. And, uh, yeah, the apps I'd say like been respectable for two years now.
0: And one of the things is, you know, homeschooling, uh, you got your, your curriculums can add up all those, those Costs add up, so MathBot is free, right? I mean, there's yeah, nothing there at this point. So, uh, yeah, and it, it always
1: will be. I mean, it's totally free. It's um, like it, it's definitely a passion project and something that, um, something that we just want to do to help out little guys that, especially. You know, one, one of the things that gets me particularly uh, annoyed is medicating kids um, mm-hmm. because they have high energy. And that happens a lot in public schools and, uh, and private schools, too, actually. Um, and one of the big excuses is they can't concentrate on math. Um, so being able to kind of take that gun out of people's hands uh, is, is a big part of the motivation for building MathBot. Because we've seen kids that are diagnosed with Asperger's or something, you know, even crazier. Um, and supposedly, it's because they can't do math, and they'll just tear it up. They'll just jump in a math bottle. <laughs> and you know, when the teacher doesn't understand recursive programming, but the kid does, it, I think it makes it a little harder to uh, to justify, you know, giving them a chemical lobotomy. So we're we're pretty motivated to try to take that, or reduce that evil in the world. Um, so it'll always be free, um, but uh, we do hope that at some point to be able to release uh, in-game rewards. So um, the idea is that uh, a parent or a grandparent could put some money on MathBot and we'll pass that on to the kids um, as they pass levels. So right now we have it set to where if you if you pass a level and you don't get any hints, you get all three stars, you would earn like 20 cents. Um, so the idea is they could, you know, if they master exponents, they can, you know, buy a, a little toy or something. Um and when we do that, we'll hold back ten uh, percent of that just to fund the project and continue to be able to support going bigger with it. But but that'll always be optional, and you can always do that manually, right? Like you can just give right. you, you can keep track of if you don't if you don't want to throw us the ten percent, just keep track of how many levels the kids passed and then reward them. And that's totally
0: great. Awesome. That's 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 great. Have you gotten much uh, feedback from I don't know homeschool parents or teachers or
1: yeah, we have. Um, we uh, we've gotten in a couple homeschool magazines. Um, I was on uh, the Tom Woods' podcast maybe a year ago, and that was that was great. I think we had over a thousand people sign up in 24 hours um, from uh, from being a guest on his show. Um, so yeah, we have. Uh, we've definitely got uh, got some good feedback, and the nice thing about that is really it helps us figure out what's working well and what doesn't work well. And um, you know, continue to change it. That's that's one of the great things about software is that, you know, if this was a textbook or something, we could put out an edition every year. But um, by making it in software and making it interactive, when people get stuck or it doesn't make sense, they can reach out to me on Twitter and we have a conversation and we push out something that works slightly different. You know, a little improvement within a few days. So, um, so it's getting better and better for sure.
0: Nice. Are there other um, if, if kids are interested in coding or or uh, that sort of thing. Are there other resources out there that that you would recommend or point them towards that you know of off off hand that are yeah absolutely. So um what I would do is I would play all the levels in MathBot um and then go
1: to Free Code Camp. Um, so Freecodecamp.org, um they they have a bunch of different curriculum, um a bunch of different programming Sort of courses, but I would I would take the JavaScript track mm-hmm. and go through that, and then um, and then at that point you're you're able to actually contribute to open source software. So then you know if you wanted to help build MathBot, um, you know we've got a handful of developers that are really great that work on that and are always happy to help out. You know somebody junior make some fixes and some experience but there's a lot of open source projects that are like that where you've got you know the old gray beard guy that's doing something like mathbot with me where it's just his sort of hobby project that he really cares about and uh if you know if somebody is willing to actually put some work in even if it's just testing or like rewriting some text or any kind of contribution when it's a volunteer effort, uh, you get a big bang for your buck. Like People will bend over backwards to help you get good at what you're trying to do. Um, so that's that's the general path that I would tell people for software development as a career. Um, there's also another thing that's kind of cool. I don't know if, how many other things are like this, but uh, Lambda School, L-A-M-B-D-A, I believe, Lambda School, um, is pretty interesting. Uh, and the basic idea is it's a boot camp where... They teach you to code. I think you have to be in the Bay Area, but if if I was completely disconnected from the software world and I had a teenager that was trying to get into this career path, I would check into it. Um, but it's free; you don't have to pay for it. Um, if they don't have a remote course, you know, I'd nag them and say that they should. Um, but uh, and they probably will now because of uh, because of yeah nobody. yeah. Um, but uh the idea is you don't pay and then once you get a job, they, they get a chunk of your salary until you know you pay back fifteen grand or something. So that's a very uh that's a very cool approach um and will keep you out of any student loan debt and be a pretty good path to developing some good skills.
0: Look at look at that. Different different ways to do things that are better for better for everybody. I like that. All right. And uh I don't know, I guess any Thoughts? I mean, we talk a little bit about school there. Um, do, you, do you homeschool your guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, <laughs> what I would say is if somebody isn't homeschooling, it's not like I don't see it as homeschooling. I see it as parenting, right? So if you're going to outsource parenting to the government um, when they're not really good at anything, right? Uh, you probably wouldn't want the government to be responsible for, I don't know, maintaining your house or anything else. <laughs> Anything even much more petty. Um, but if, you know, if you put your kids in the hands of the government, whether it's a private or a public school, uh, public schools are, you know, obviously government, but private schools are also regulated and there's so many details in how they're allowed to behave that are controlled by the government. You're really outsourcing parenting to the government. And I, I don't think anybody really thinks that's a good idea. I could see you being in a financial bind or, you know, Wanting to sort of justify uh, to yourself that maybe it's not that bad, but that's the that's the cold hard truth. And you're you're going to get you're going to get the results that you would expect from that situation. Uh, they're going to they're going to hate learning. They're you know high percentage of them are not going to be really literate when they graduate. Like you know, come on. Yeah. At this point, it's really really obvious that they keep lowering the SAT scores every year um, and having to cook the books because this is not something they're good at. Um, so yeah, I think you'd you'd have to be. You're either in denial or psychotic if you're not homeschooling at this point.
0: It's uh, it's kind of interesting this whole COVID thing here. You know, kind of shutting down schools and and forcing kids to to stay home. And it's interesting to see this sort of outpouring of terror. Sound <laughs> well, not, just like I you know, don't want don't want to turn people off, but like this. Wow! Look at me. I, I homeschooled my kids. Like we cooked today. Yeah. Con- you know, like con- congratulations. Like you've done something that you should do as a parent. And like people, we don't do those things anymore because we just pass it off to wherever they go after I drop them off at, at daycare in the morning, or wherever they go after they catch the bus on their own in the morning. And yeah. it's kind of like it's it's great to see people coming in and having to do some of that homeschooling stuff. And I really hope some of it sticks and people kind of realize that you can do it, you know, homeschooling, it's, it's out there. There are resources out there. There are free resources out there. If you need them, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's doable. It's doable.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I also feel for people that are kind of stuck on the treadmill because it's, Mm -hmm. it's like being in debt. Um, You know, if you, if you have kids and they're raised by the state, they're not going to probably make a very reasonable income um, until much later in life, if ever um they're not going to be able to really afford to raise their own kids they're going to have to put them in the cheap low quality free daycare too so it's just like this continual um you know cycle of dependence so it it is probably really hard to kick that um for for a lot of folks and i don't i don't mean to minimize it but but you need to right like if if you want your kid to be successful you have to find a way to uh to get them out of that environment. Cause they're not being set up for success and your grandkids are not going to be in any better position than you were. your kids are unless you find a way to break out of that cycle. Um, so, and there, you know, there's a lot of free resources. It's still the, the, the real issue though, is that it's low quality free daycare in most cases. And, uh, it's, but, yeah. but again, it's, it's partly hard to provide for a family on one income because you had such poor education yourself um so it is it is definitely a trap and i feel bad for people that are in it but but you know i think you got to see it for what it is before you're more like to try to
0: fight out of it yeah it's uh choices lots of choices lots of sacrifices and uh you know what what matters at the end of the day i guess but uh anyway so you are you mentioned it earlier you're active on twitter where can people go to find you on twitter
1: uh, let's see. What am I at? JW weatherman underscore. I believe JW weatherman underscore. Um, you can also, uh, you know, find mathbot.com. Um, and I've also got uh, a website with some lectures on Bitcoin on 10 hours. of
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I will link to all that in the show notes, but, uh, I'll put your, your Twitter in there on, on the show notes and then it's Mathbot.com. Go there, sign yourselves up and, uh, get your kids. Get your kids going, and that'll be there in the show notes. All right, well, I, I appreciate your time, and I uh, wish you luck out there. And yeah, thanks so uh, I'm a lot. We got a fun with you. So that was JW, everybody, Mister Mister Mathbot, Mister Weatherman. Uh, I have to admit when I, I saw his profile picture and uh, you know it's there on the the podcast um, I was a little apprehensive I didn't know I didn't know who I was going to be talking to and uh turned out he's a he's a great guy good stuff go check it out mathbot.com um your kids are home they're probably playing a bunch of games give them give them something that uh is is educational as well give them something that will uh help grow grow a tool, put a, put an extra tool in their toolbox uh, for when they get older. I know coding is something that uh, I lack and something that I wish I, I knew more about, to be honest. Um, what what goes on in this world that doesn't have a, a website or some sort of coding uh, attached to it? So help your kids out and uh, give them some math bot anyway guys I think that'll do it for me today keep things short and concise uh, go check out the show notes like I said at the top of the show homesteads and homeschools.com slash 063 go check out mathbot and uh, live your life man live it and love it love everybody around you who knows what's going on with this thing out there but uh, in any event maybe stay away from from people that might be uh, you know might have a, a health risk. Come back next week. There will be more. There is more every week. Every week. There will be more. Because I love you guys. Why not? Anyway, folks, uh, get out there, sow those seeds of liberty, and we can all reap sheaves of freedom together.